It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience. And without robbing you of the joy, of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. It's a late Monday morning here on Locked On Magic. So we're going to talk about some second round, late first round options for the Orlando Magic. Something we don't want to ignore. We'll talk about the first pick on tomorrow's episode. That's a deep tease. It's time for a Monday edition of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic. Your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And you are indeed locked on Magic. Today is June 13th, 2022. My name is Philip Rosswijk. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr-omd. On today's episode of Locked on Magic, we're going to go over some uh, second round, uh, late first round options that uh, I think the Magic should be looking at or, or just some names of interest uh, that, that that I have, some some names that I've been throwing around. We're doing plenty of these draft profiles on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. So if we don't get to everybody on this list, I have a very long list of players. It's a very, very weird draft. If we don't get to everyone, you should be able to find uh, at least a few more of them here 
uh, on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. I want to point out a few prospects of interest here on this show. Um, so we will get to some of those guys as we continue to cover the draft fully. We'll talk more about the number one pick on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, we are expecting that Chet Holmgren will be in town at some point this week. You can go back and listen to Friday's episode of Locked on Magic with the full interview, uh, full media availability with Jabari Smith Jr. after his workout in Orlando on Thursday. Before we do any of that, though, we want to thank you for making Locked on Magic part of your day every day. No matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload, no matter when, we truly appreciate you making Locked on Magic part of your day every day. Remember this great Locked on podcast covering every single team in the NBA to search for Locked on and the team you're looking for. Today's episode is also brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. So, you know, there's always this, 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 this weird thing with the Orlando Magic and second round picks. Um, Jeff Weltman, since he took over as president of basketball operations, has not used them. I mean, this is, I think, a fair criticism. Uh, it's not a fatal criticism. Um, although I think with a team like the Magic, especially with the team that they were in 2019 and 2020, um, getting value out of every asset you can is, is really, really valuable. It's really, really, really important, especially for a small market franchise. Why are the Spurs successful? Why are the Heat successful? Why are uh, the why have the Pacers been successful? It's finding guys later in the draft that are going to contribute to your team. Uh, I am. I was a Wesselwundu believer. Um, I thought that. I, I think that turned out to be a decent pick. They got a lot out of Wesselwundu, but obviously, uh, seeing how his career kind of petered out after he left Orlando and the decision Orlando made to let him go, and frankly, the decision Orlando made not to use him very much, um, I think that 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 says a lot. Um, that says uh, it doesn't say everything, but I think that says a lot about about how the Magic use their second-round picks and how the Magic, um, you know, well, what kind of value the Magic do get. There's been a lot of these trades. Um, Anzes Pesetchnik's traded away with the 25th pick, the famous, the draft-flattened-out uh, line from Jeff Weltman uh, after his first draft. Um, there was, you know, drafting Justin Jackson, um, who was just a long dude at that point. He's not playing the NBA. The, Ma- the Lakeland Magic don't even hold his G League rights anymore, so I don't think he will ever be making it to the NBA. Um, at least at, at this juncture. Magic do retain his draft rights, if I'm not mistaken. So if they want to bring him up, they can. Um, it, they have, you know, just it's, it's just a, it's trading Taylor Horton Tucker for cash, um, a player that I think the Magic might possibly, maybe, probably not be interested in right now. Um, it, it's all these little things. Um, and, and so if you want to be skeptical that the Magic are actually going to use a second-round draft pick on something valuable. I, I, I share that skepticism. And in fact, I share that skepticism because I think a, a young player is the absolute last thing the Orlando Magic need right now. They're so young, and they need some veteran players. And so it wouldn't surprise me if they looked to package 32 and 35, their two second-round picks, two high-value second-round picks, mind you, which is why it's important to kind of dig into this because um, you can get you know draft comparable. You can get first-round value out of those two picks. Um, figuring out what to do with them is, is going to be a real challenge. Um, we'll be talking a little bit about the uh, uh, the Lockdown NBA mock draft, the the, uh, NBA, the, ultimate, the ultimate NBA mock draft that's going to be starting here on Thursday um, on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Um, we do trades in that. I have been shopping that, those two picks along with Terrence Ross pretty hard. I, I targeted a few teams 
um, tried to get in on them, and and, and interest was was cool to say the least. Um, whether team, you know, I think there are teams that want to trade back, and so really the task I think ahead for the Orlando Magic is figuring out the players you want to target. Uh, we haven't really talked about this draft class as a whole, um, and and I th- and and this feels like an opportune time to do that. Uh, this draft class is pretty strong at the top. Um, you know, I don't think anyone thinks it's a generational draft, uh, uh, even at the top. Jabari Smith is going to be a really good player. Chet Holmgren is going to be a really good player. Paolo Bancaro is going to be a really good player. I'm not sold on Jaden Ivey, but a lot of people really like Jaden Ivey. They think he's going to be a good player. Shaden Sharp is a really talented player. Keegan Murray is super solid. I like Ben Matherin. Um, like I said, before the lottery, there are seven guys that I feel very, very comfortable taking in this draft. And then there's just this deep drop-off. Um, just looking at this draft class as a whole, there's a lot of guards who can't shoot. Um, maybe we'll talk a little bit about Kennedy Chandler or Blake Wesley. Um, you know, we're going to talk about Patrick Baldwin Jr. here in a little bit. We're going to talk about Bryce McGowan's here in a little bit. Um, it's a draft class where there's this just huge drop-off in quality. Um, I've seen some draft experts say that this draft class from about 15 to 35 or 15 to 40 is roughly the same um, as far as talent, ability, tier, however they want to sort things. Um, it's it. This draft class as a whole is just not the strongest, um, is my impression of things, is my, um, is my just kind of reading of the class. And, and as I put together my big board, which you can find on OrlandoMagicDaily.com, um, you know, it, it's changed week, you know, week to week. I do that exercise maybe once a month. Um, I forget when I, I think I did my last big board before the lottery. Um, now that I've sat with these prospects a little bit longer and really kind of do, dug into a few of them, trying to figure out what the Magic's needs are, I find it very difficult to find guys that are worth targeting. To find guys that are just like, these are the guys that with my two second round picks, I want to climb up and, and get in the draft. Um you know, I, I don't know how teams who are in those 20s feel. Um, you know, I think a lot of those playoff teams, the last thing that they want is another young guy or, you know, if they could get a, a, a quality veteran like Terrence Ross, I would think that you'd be able to attach one of those second round picks uh, to go get him. Uh, but I, I I can't say that for sure. And certainly I, I've had some struggle um, in our in our mock draft exercises to to get a deal done, to find a deal that that, that works for everyone. It also makes it difficult from the Magic perspective because um, the Magic, a, a, with a draft with so much talent that's kind of comparable, it's hard to predict how the draft is going to go. Um, you could kind of, most drafts, you could kind of say, okay, we group this guy uh, at, let's say, let's, let's say that Chuma Okiki is a great example. The Magic had Chuma Okiki probably 10, 11, 12 on their board. They're drafting 15th. But they're also looking at Okay, what do other teams think of this player? Where are other teams going to draft this player? I, I, I tell everyone this all the time. I don't think people understand or realize this. NBA front offices are intelligence agencies. Their, their job, their mission is to gather intelligence, both on the players they're about to draft so they can figure out who they're going to take, um, but also on what other teams are going to do. And the fun of draft night is how difficult it is to predict what other teams are going to do. When Phoenix takes Jalen Smith or Phoenix took Cam Johnson, probably a better example, everyone kind of threw their hands up and were like, what's going on? That's that's what happens in an NBA front office. And maybe not to that extent, but but 
that's what the NBA front offices are trying to figure out is, is what are the teams ahead of them going to do. So if you're the Orlando Magic, you're sitting there with the 32nd and the 35th pick in the draft, you're trying to figure out, okay, A, who are our targets? Who are the Who is the guy that we want to trade up for? Big, I'm a big advocate of this. This is my draft philosophy. Find your guy and take him. Uh, don't worry about where he's being picked. Don't worry about where he's being slotted. Find your guy and take him. Uh, I, I will say this. Uh, you know, I've certainly uh, kind of leaned on the Jabari Smith side with the first pick. If the Magic believes Shaden Sharp's the best player in this draft, yeah, definitely try and trade down because it's it's unconventional thinking. You can kind of play play teams off of that. Um, but if that deal doesn't materialize and Shaden Sharp's your guy, take him. Like, t- I, I, I will be critical of that move. I don't think it's the right move. But if the Magic believe it's the right move, do it. Take it. Be aggressive. Go get your guy. And that's certainly true more, more so later in this draft. If the Magic have a guy that they've identified and they think he's going to be gone by the time they get to 32, seriously, go get him. And so I think the difficulty that I've had is figuring out who is that guy that I'm willing to trade up for. I have a few candidates. I want to talk about one of them, one I'm really, really interested in, and we'll get to two kind of interesting prospects here uh, in the in the NBA draft that could go late first, early second round. We're going to talk about some of these later prospects coming up here in just a moment. But first, do you know why free trials renew without your consent? It's a business scam that's out to get you. So don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 per year with Truebill. Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Truebill has more than 2 million users and has helped them save more than $100 billion. That's, that's, that's me putting the Dr. Evil pinky up. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast, and being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.
Before we get on to some of these late first, early second round prospects, the ultimate NBA mock draft starts June 16th. With more than 50 insiders, nothing equals the ultimate NBA mock draft. The Locked On NBA Big Board Draft Experts plus the Odyssey Insiders. First pick is June 16th. That's me. Who did I pick? You could probably guess. Search Ultimate NBA Mock Draft and follow now so you don't miss a pick. So like like I've been saying, uh, I think the biggest question after who the Magic will take with the first pick, that's obviously uh, the biggest, humongous question. We'll talk about that more uh, on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic. Um, the biggest question I think the Magic face in this draft is how next are they going to shape their team? And... How are they going to push this team forward? Or, or what are they going to do with those two second-round picks? And, and, and on that point, it becomes, who are you going to target uh, with those picks? You know, I don't think, again, my draft philosophy, you don't enter the draft saying, okay, who's, who's going to be available when I pick? You enter the draft saying, these are the guys we want. We will not accept anyone but these guys. Um, and, and if we can go out and get one of these players, even if it's a bit of a reach, we will go do that. Um, again, it's just a question of how much you believe in him, how much you're willing to give up, and yada, 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 yada. But I think you go into the draft with players as your focus, not the pick. Because if you get to your pick and your player's not there, you trade the pick. No harm, no foul. Again, it's about picking the guy that you believe in, not just picking the pick to make the pick. One guy that I do think should be on your list, or one guy that I think should be on the list of guys uh, that the Magic do trade up for, and a really interesting prospect is Nebraska's Bryce McGowans. Um, look, Nebraska's a bad basketball team. My Northwestern Wildcats, who are a bad basketball team, just stormed Nebraska twice. Um, and I think that's part of the narrative, and I, I will get to that. Um, but Bryce McGowans is a re- really interesting prospect. Uh, as a scorer. Uh, he was the leading scorer on Nebraska, just a, a dynamic scorer, able to get to the basket. He had a free throw rate of, I believe it was 47%. That means essentially for every one field goal, every two field goals he took, he took a free throw. Um, for reference, like James Harden's above 50. Um, that, that, that's the most prolific free throw, free throw getter that you can have. McGowan's, McGowan's is an expert at getting into the lane and getting to the basket, and and creating contact, absorbing contact, finishing a little bit, uh, but more importantly, getting to the foul line. I don't need to tell Magic fans that getting to the foul line has been a huge issue for this team since Dwight Howard left 10 years ago. Um, The Magic have ranked in the bottom half of the league, if not the bottom 10, if not the bottom 5 of the league in free throw rate, ever since Dwight Howard left. It has been a humongous struggle to get to the foul line. Um, this is a team that has had a lot of kind of finesse players, um, for lack of a better term, uh, who just were not good at drawing fouls or did not have the respect of the officials. It's not necessarily that you need a guy to get to the line eight, nine, ten times a game. McGowan's averaged about six free throw attempts per game last year. But you need someone that's going to put enough pressure on the defense to create fouls and to create passing hits. And that's what Bryce McGowan's does. That's why McGowan's is a really impressive prospect and someone to keep an eye on. He averaged 16.8 points per game, 5.2 rebounds per game, upped his averages in Big Ten play to 17.3 points per game and 4.8 rebounds per game. His shooting splits are the concern. 40.3% from the floor, 27.4% from from beyond the arc, but 83.1% from the foul line does suggest that he can continue to improve as a three-point shooter. A lot of NBA scouts, a lot of NBA people believe that 
free throw percentage is a better indicator of your shooting ability than your three-point shooting ability, than your three-point percentage in college. The line's a little bit longer. Um, guys are in different roles, and I think that's one of the big questions about Bryce McGowan's too. Is you know, can he be a can he be a, a, a successful player in a non-scoring role in a non you know dominant scoring role? Um, McGowan's checks a lot of the Magic's boxes. He is six foot seven. He is long. Um, he he has all those tools. He he has a modern player where he is either shooting a three, getting to the foul line, or getting getting a layup. Um, you know, two of those three, he's pretty good at. He's pretty good finishing at the rim. Knows how to use his length. Knows how to use his body to shield the ball. Can finish over over defenders. Can sky up and dunk a little bit. Uh, but again, that ability to get to the foul line is the big, big, big thing. And again, he's going to make free throws when he gets there. If you watch his three point shot, it looks okay. It's a little bit of a slower release uh, when he's when his feet are set and he's able to shoot the ball. He's actually a pretty solid three point shooter. Problem is at Nebraska, he had a high usage rate. They needed him to be their leading scorer. Obviously, Nebraska struggled struggled in that department. So I think the reason why McGowan's, despite all the talent, is going later in the first round is because, you know, as a lead scorer on his team, his team lost. So he's projected into the NBA not as a lead scorer. I, I was actually a bit surprised that he stayed in the draft. Um, I, I think that like Jaden Ivey, like Keegan Murray, he would have benefited from a second year in college just to kind of get some of those skills more developed, you know, maybe play a little bit off the ball, b- build some wins beneath him. Nebraska's still not a very good team. Um, but I-, I think he would have benefited from a second year in college and-, and could have become a lottery pick. And that's really what we're talking about here. If you're looking to take a swing, um, if you're looking to take a little bit of a swing, uh, this is a guy with lottery talent who is going to go late in the first round. And that's the kind of player you want to target. The question then, of course, is can he be a better spot-up shooter? Can he play off the ball? Can he still add that ability to get to the foul line when the ball isn't constantly in his hands? The other question, and this is probably the big one that will keep him from getting drafted by the Orlando Magic, is his defensive tape at Nebraska is just atrocious. It's not as bad as Nikola Jovic, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, But McGowan's is constantly out of his stance. He's constantly getting beat off the dribble. Uh, he doesn't change direction. There's 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 some issues I think with his second effort and his ability to kind of to chase after and keep going after guys after they make their initial move. Um, these are all major concerns because you know McGowan's sure some of that might have been Nebraska's not a good team, so maybe there's not a quite the commitment to the, to the to the to the program to the team uh, at that point when you're out of it. There's certainly a factor of McGowan's was the team's leading scorer. He was their really only offensive option. So there, there was a lot of drive that he that that he has a lot of responsibility he had to carry offensively. So defense certainly could have been scaled back because of that. Uh, but it, again, at the end of the day, this is why I think he needed another year in college, just to kind of show and quiet some of these doubts uh, and make his lottery talent come forward. That, though, is why I think he is someone to keep an eye on and someone the Magic might target because he has all the defensive tools. If you could teach him good defensive technique, if he wants to be a good defender, he can be a good defender. If he wants to be a good three-point shooter, if if, if, if he accepts a role as a three-point slasher, he can be a solid three-point shooter. There's enough tape of him making three-pointers, especially catch-and-shoot three-pointers, that suggests that he could be successful in that role. And then if you add that free throw shooting, if you add his ability to get to the line, you're looking at a guy who could be a really solid spot starter. You could look, you're could you looking at a guy 
who could be a, a really solid guy coming off the bench for you again and maybe perhaps limited minutes as he does still struggle a little bit with mid-range jumpers and pull-up jumpers. You don't want Bryce McGowan's to be your number one option. That I think that was proven as much as anything in Nebraska that that's not where he's going to be successful. But coming off the bench as a late first, early second round pick, this is a good flyer. This is a good guy. This is a good guy to take a chance on and see if you can turn him into something. He's someone that I do believe can be that guy. He's the kind of talent that I would target in this draft. But I think there are a lot. I do think there are a lot of question marks about how he fits into what the Magic and what their organization is trying to be. Um, that might raise some questions that that might take not not necessarily take him off their board, but would not make him uh, the kind of trade up target that his talent might suggest he is. I've got two more prospects I want to go over. One is an international player who is really interesting, but also really flawed. And another is a domestic player who was just really confusing this year. We'll talk about Nikola Jovic and Pat Baldwin Jr. coming up. Patrick Baldwin Jr. coming up here in just a moment. But first, betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including this year's NBA Finals, the NHL Stanley Cup Final, Go Lightning, Major League Baseball, and of course, all the latest fighting news from MMA and UFC to boxing. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. File with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So, switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. So I, I want to quickly talk about two more prospects here before we we, we close shop for the day. Again, apologize for, for some for some of you who may be watching this for getting this out a bit today. Um, there are two prospects I'm like in on or fully interested in um, or, or think the Magic. Should. They're guys that I've I've had my eye on for a little bit and, and guys that uh, that I do think have something to offer the Orlando Magic. I want to start Jovic, not Jokic. Um, it's it's confusing. Um, but the Serbian, uh, interesting, he does it all offensively. He averaged 12 points per game, 4.8 rebounds, uh, last in, I believe, age league in, in Serbia. Um, just a really impressive player. Good line drives to the basket, good ability to finish at the rim, just has all the offensive tools. Um, he did shoot just 33.3% from beyond the arc, but there's certainly plenty of evidence that he's going to be a solid shooter uh, when he gets to the NBA as well, or he'll continue to develop into a solid shooter. All the all the offensive tools are there, and it's really impressive if you want if you put his tape in. Um, he flies to the basket really well. He 
posts posts up smaller defenders, takes bigger defenders off the dribble, gets into his pull up, gets into his jumpers. Like he he has it all, and he is a big dude, decent passer. Certainly not like his name. Certainly not like his similarly named Nikola Jokic, but um, but a, a decent pass. Certainly a good passer for a guy his size. And and you know you know we talk a lot about Chad Holmgren and what he brings to the table as a big guy. Obviously, Jokic is not as big as him. Um, but that's the kind of player you're looking at. Just a big guy who can seemingly do it all. The downside on him is he does not play very good defense. Um, his off-ball defense is actually pretty okay. Um, uh, he does a good job kind of filling passing lanes. He uses his length well um, in help side. But on the ball, does not good. Um, on the ball, doesn't move his feet well. Gets beat. Gets beat a lot. But some of that is because he was essentially playing point guard for his team uh, overseas. Um, so he wasn't, he was guarding a lot of guards. They used him as a guard. And so I think some of his defensive tape is a little misleading um, because he was guarding mostly smaller, quicker players. Uh, and that was a struggle for him to keep up. That was a struggle for him to kind of stay in it, uh, stay in it that way. Um, so definitely, you know, definitely some concern there. And I think you have to play him at the right position in order for him uh, to be successful, and I think that's that's definitely a, a big piece of this puzzle and a big piece of what the Magic are gonna ha- or what any team that's gonna draft Nikola Jovic is gonna have to consider. Um, finding the right spot for him is definitely gonna be key. Seeing what translates uh, from from a, a really good league. He played in a really good league. Um, you know, again, the the way the international hierarchy goes, it's the NBA is obviously number one. The Spanish ACB league's probably number two. Um, the next best leagues in the world are the NBL in Australia. I think the Adriatic League um, is pretty good. Greece has a really good league as well. He was he was playing some high-level basketball. I mean, we're not talking... I mean, what he was doing, certainly a higher level than the college game. Um, so so I, I think there is something to believe in him, and I think that he will go in the first round. The question is, can you get... Can you find the right spot on the floor for him, and can you get him to play defense at the highest levels? Um, I have had Jovic on my board, someone that I would think about targeting for a little while just because he is a unique player, and I think unique players are valuable, but again, it's a question of what translates, and and I think some of his attributes don't quite match what the Magic are looking for. Another guy that I've talked a little bit about here on the show uh, that is interesting enough to me that I want to highlight is Patrick Baldwin Jr. Um, Patrick Baldwin Jr. entered this season uh, as one of the top high school prospects in the nation. Um, he was recruited by everyone, a six foot nine forward, played, plays like a guard, able to score, shoot wherever he wants, does all those little things that, that, that you want him to do, or that, at least in high school that you want him to do. And he looked like a real prospect. Then he went to college and at UW Milwaukee, he struggled 12.1 points per game, 34.4% from floor, 26.6% from beyond the arc. 5.8 rebounds per game, only played 11 games before injuries and COVID kind of knocked him out for the season. Early season, he had some good efforts. 26 points against Robert Morris, 13 points against Florida. Did some good did some good things, but numbers are really, really concerning and he, he, everything just doesn't seem to be falling. Measured well in some respects at the NBA Draft Combine. Measured, he's 6'8", had like a 6'10", 6'11". Certainly, uh, that certainly is a positive, um, but... His vertical jump was one of the worst at the, at the NBA Draft Combine. Um, so I don't think he had a very good combine, and I've had him slipping down my board. I had him 
as a lottery pick early in the process, and I have kind of taken him out of the first round at, at this point. But that talent doesn't go away. Um, the, the, the scout, the scout evaluators, these guys don't usually get players this wrong. Um, so the talent is there, and if you watch enough of his tape, you see it. His ability to get to the basket, his fluidity for a guy his size, his ability to get into his jump shot is really, really good. Uh, but the shot was a struggle. Um, he, I, you know, watching his shot, he tends to shoot in front of his face, which is probably accounting for some of his inaccuracy. Um, he's got the athleticism, he's got the talent to be a really good player, um, but it just never all came together for him. It never fit together for him. When you're looking at second-round picks and you're looking to take swings with your second-round picks, you want guys who seemingly slip through the cracks. Now, obviously, understand maybe why Patrick Baldwin Jr. did. You understand why he struggled. And you say, okay, can we cover for that? Can we find and carve a role for him that will help him and, more importantly, us be successful? Those are the real questions. Um, and, and again, with all three of these guys, I think you answer those questions to varying degrees. That all three of these guys that we talked about today are supremely talented. They are. They have lottery talent. It's just about putting those pieces together and developing them the right way and getting the buy-in from them to make good on that talent. Not always easy. Not always a sure thing. Not always the simplest solutions. But um, I think very, very clearly we are looking at very, very clearly we're looking at some very talented players. Like I said, this draft kind of gets jumbled up real fast um, with players who seem like they'll be solid but have like one very serious flaw to players that disappointed a little bit in their college days that don't really know where they're going to fit into the league but are very, very, very talented. Um, which direction the Magic will go is certainly a fair question. They could easily go with an older player, with a more veteran player, like a Christian Braun, I don't think, like, you know, a veteran-seeming player, like an Oche Ogbaji. Um, I think he'll be a lottery pick. Um, Christian Braun is the guy the Magic have brought in from Kansas. Guys that just have kind of veteran poise and presence. That's something that the Miami Heat certainly look for and have found a lot of success with. Um, these second-round picks are not picks to ignore. They're not picks to take lightly. What the Magic do with these second-round picks and how aggressive they are using them, whether to get a player or whether to draft a player with them or to try and trade back up to get someone that they like, um, I think are going to be really, really important for this team. I don't think Orlando can bring in three rookies. I think two is pushing it, to be perfectly honest. Um, Orlando needs to find some veterans, and, and, and I think ultimately they're going to use these second-round picks to add some talented players to this roster, but also to look for veteran help uh, and try and use them to trade and, and get get someone that's going to help them or to free up some roster space so they can go after a veteran later on. That's my take on the second round of the draft. I hope these three prospects at least pique your interest a little bit, little bit to, to go study a little bit more. We'll talk more about the first overall pick and what that means for the Orlando Magic on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic. We'll talk a little bit, I think, about Obama's free agency later on in the week. And of course, we are expecting Chet Holmgren to be in Orlando at some point this week as the Magic continue their draft preparations just one week away from the NBA draft. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Stitcher, tune in Himley, Google Play, Spotify, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the fun places to podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. For the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at o. Magic Daily. Now that you're done listening to us, go check out the Locked On NBA Big Board. Host Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies and author of the NBA Big Board newsletter is joined by Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, and Lee Thulin 
giving fans an in-depth look into the NBA draft, mock draft, player rankings, and of course, big boards. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Well, that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Phil Rossman Reich. We'll see you all again next We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.